Well, hello and welcome back to this week's Tales of the Resistance, um, our podcast where we talk about antimicrobial resistance and the impacts that it has on our daily lives. I'm Mara Zelt. I'm a project manager with the I Am Responsible Project, an outreach team focusing on antimicrobial resistance. And I'm joined today in our discussion by Amber Patterson. Hi, I'm Amber Patterson. I'm the multimedia graphics designer for the Schmidt Lab. And by uh, Noelle More. Uh, my name is Noelle Atiyah More, and I am a recent doctoral graduate from the University of Nebraska in Lincoln with a specialization in environmental engineering from the Civil Environmental Engineering Department. Yes, and we are so glad to have you back after we interviewed you here a few weeks ago, our listeners may remember. So we're glad that you were able to join us for this conversation and hopefully more going forward. Um, so this week, we're going to be continuing our discussion of the book, Quarantine Life from Cholera to COVID-19 by Dr. Kari Nixon. Um, we have previously gone a pretty deep on the first two chapters. Um, And so we're going to start our discussion today with chapter three. Chapter three is called Let's Stick Together, How Cholera Shaped the Way We Understand Community, uh, 1832, 1848, and 1854. Uh, This book uses the example, or this chapter, I should say, uses the example of the cholera epidemics in London during the middle of the 1800s in some neighboring sort of neighborhoods, neighboring neighborhoods, that's obvious, but neighborhoods in London, St. Giles and St. James's, and there are different experiences there, uh, culminating with the uh, 1854 epidemic, which struck more St. James's. Uh, to describe or to explore three lessons. The first one is community is contagion. The second one, contagion is community. And the third, we are a brother's keeper. And for context, the the St. Giles was, well, they were both similarly, uh, the two neighborhoods were similar economic status, but there was a perception of people because of maybe the architecture or some of the other institutions that were in those neighborhoods that St. Giles was poor, run down, you would more likely to see disease there, whereas St. James was supposedly nicer, but it was, um, that was sort of blown up during the experience of 1854 because there was a cholera epidemic in St. James's and not in St. Giles. And so that sort of, um, shook up a lot of people's thinking about where disease was coming from. Um, so let's go ahead and dive in. I think community is contagion and contagion is community. Um, they're, well, they're pretty obviously linked. Um, and so Dr. Nixon is kind of describing how, you know, anywhere that people are coexisting in community, you are necessarily going to have infectious disease. It's just kind of part of um, how biological systems work. It's, it's native and natural and ultimately we'll have to deal with it. And similarly, or I guess um, in the reverse sense, contagion is community. At least what I got out of that was the sense of, you know, the experience of this shared 
disease, because it is shared among community, is in a sense, a community building, you know, event, or it can be um, some, some of these very serious outbreaks in that sense. What did you get out of this section? Oh, uh, yeah, I thought it was interesting um, that the way that we kind of define ourselves as being other and because we might live you know, 20 miles from a specific area or even five. And these pretend borders we put around ourselves that we're safe from some, from certain aspects of life because we live in a quote, nicer neighborhood or, you know, and it was interesting to me that it had never really occurred to the people of, um, St. Is it St. James? Yeah, St. James is. Right. Yeah, they kind of associated poverty with disease. And I think in some ways we still do that today. You know, I think a lot of people would be very surprised to, to find that, you know, in terms of AMR, antibiotic resistance is happening here in the United States or in the West because they think that that is a developing country type of problem and it's not, it's an everybody's problem. And so I just thought that was kind of a unique lens to look through and, and think about that we still have those biases and we still think that way. You know, community is contagion was really like an eye opener because you can't escape it. As much as we'd like to live in a vacuum, we don't, you know, and, and I don't think ultimately anyone really wants to because we're, we are social animals, which is what the book says. I just think it, you know, it's, it just was a big reminder that it's everyone's, it's in everyone's best interest to try to find solutions to and try to combat AMR. To just piggyback on what Amber said and to also highlight on the last lesson from this chapter, uh, we are our brother Skipper which is quite similar to the message that we always send out about uh, antimicrobial resistance. And given the project, uh, I am responsible, meaning that it's just not one person who's responsible for antimicrobial resistance, how the blame always shifts between, oh, it's the wastewater, it's the hospital, it's the agriculture that contributes a lot more to antimicrobial resistance. Uh, here by saying we are our brother's keeper makes us all responsible for being uh, I don't know, keeping uh, antimicrobial resistance to, to the law by realizing that it's just not one person who is the main contributor. So by being your brother's keeper means that you would definitely watch out on how you actively interact with antimicrobials in order to not promote uh, the risks of antimicrobial resistance to the environment and even to other people. Yeah, for sure. One of the things that stuck out to me when she was talking about the lesson about our brother's keeper is that it's really within your own self-interest, your best self-interest to do these things. And I think we kind of need to highlight that, you know, that because unfortunately there's a minority of people who will always resist. And I think they feel like for whatever reason, because the political is personal, is that um, their liberties are being 
violated or whatever the case may be, you know, and for whatever reason, it's their choice to make. And it is their choice to make, but I think ultimately we need to make the message very clear that it's it's within your own best, your own self-interest to, to like, to do these things because you can't survive without the community and, you know, without the health of the community because eventually it will be your problem. Yeah, for sure. And I guess, and I, I wrote down this thing about, um, in my own notes, like that the the first thing we need to do is build community. And I, my ideas on this are a little unformed, so I may struggle through this a little bit, but I guess when I was reading these sections, I, I kind of had this brainwave that, you know, maybe the approach is not to first or share information, but is to build these, to build community basically around a shared experience of disease, a knowledge of what that would be like in the world to come, and um, a sort of the, a shared um, advocacy to address it. And, um, you know, so maybe, maybe, uh, maybe I failed at life, basically, and I just need to give all this up and become a community a community organizer around issues of uh, antimicrobial resistance and engineering school was not worth it. Maybe that's <laughs> what I was feeling. I don't think that's, that's what that means. a sad realization, Mara, but I think you are already doing your part at disseminating the information as needed. That's true. You don't have I, to be on the ground running. <laughs> I don't have to do everything. I just, I was yeah. just feeling that, you know, there is so much more you know, and, and I guess I was feeling that, um, and maybe it was, it's more to do with the brother's keeper and, and everything mm-hmm. that, you know, we, like you said, we have to do this together. And there's just, I don't know that I have felt like I've been doing enough to invite people in. And it, is it more um, me sharing information that I hope is relevant to other people, but is it enough, like, building the community part um that's I guess that was my for my number one takeaway from this section and um <laughs> there was a moment of like a dark moment of the soul <laughs> but it was it was a good section to read for sure mm-hmm. so that wraps up chapter three so we'll uh, we'll wrap up for today's discussion um And we'll be coming back soon with more from Dr. Nixon. There's many more chapters to go. So we'll be looking forward to that. Um, Thank you both uh, for being with us today. And we'll see all the folks online again soon. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> we'll cut those all together, and and I have a lot of my own stuff to cut out in here. Okay, yeah. all my stuff out too. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing some rambling, guys. I apologize for this one. Yeah.